to Two Defeats from a Crisis, the review show on Saturday at three. My name's Andrew, and I'm joined tonight by two of my very favourite podders. First of all, Kenny, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Andrew. Hope you're well, mate. Oh, good here, all good here. And Dave, how are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Just returning to normal after that pulse-pounding thrill ride up at uh, Perth yesterday. It was a thrill a minute, I'm telling you, Dave. We uh, we normally do run a little bit long on the pods here, but to go through this game, you know, moment by moment, <laughs> two hours maybe at a minimum, I think, to cover this one. It was a beast. <laughs> um, that probably needs a, a three-part episode. <laughs> a series, yeah. We'll do an episode a day coming up to the preview of Betis going. Look, all joking aside, I mean, going into this game, Rangers and Michael Beale in particular had to win this one. We talked about it on the preview show, if it was too early in the season for a must-win, but I think at this stage, it's pretty much must-win games all the way through to end of the season, really. Uh, Kenny, we uh, lined up with a slightly changed uh, sort of starting eleven: Butlin and Goal, Tav, Golton, Davis and Ridvan stepping into the defence there. Lundstrom and Raskin as the two holders with Lawrence, Lammers and Roof. Uh, as the attacking midfielders with Danilo up top. On the face of it, there's some changes in there that we had been asking for, probably one or two that we have not been asking for. But what did you make of the team overall? I was quite surprised to see six changes from the the Celtic game. Um, Michael Beale had said he was going to start his strongest 11. Uh, so I was surprised to see Yelmaz there, to be honest. Um is that Yilmaz, who's the strongest 11, who is not in the European squad, I, that guy? That's the very yeah, guy, and it's the very re- the very reason I said it, Dave. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you wonder, well, if it's your strongest 11 that you're going to... Which he said on the Friday in the press conference, mm-hmm. um, why is he not in the European squad? I don't really know, but uh, listen... Or, 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 Kenny, counterpoint, why are we not picking our strongest squad for Europe? Well, exactly. It, <laughs> Which would be the other argument, right? It's a, it's a contradictory... So, um, to, to throw in, just to be... Michael Beale said, when he picked his European squad, Ridvan hadn't had a lot of minutes, which seems to suggest to me that the manager of Glasgow Rangers wasn't he aware or able to anticipate that there was some games coming up that Rangers <laughs> were going to be involved in. Hockey games as well. <laughs> Relatively important game. Aye. Aye. Uh, it's just confusing, isn't it? But, again... Uh, not surprised to see Dessers drop out. Um, happy mm. to see Danilo come in. Um, yeah. um, Tom Lawrence making his I was going to say that as well. well. Yeah. Happy to see Tom Lawrence. It's, I, I like Tom Lawrence as a player. I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, if we can keep that boy fit this season, he'll be a big asset for us. Um, the team, uh, to, see, to be honest with you, it just kind of hints that... Uh, the manager still doesn't know what his strongest eleven is. He's chopping and changing a little bit, and hopefully he finds what he thinks he can run with. Because I, I, I'm a little bit concerned that after two weeks of training, that you've got half a you know more than half your team yeah. um, changed. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the, th- the team doesn't surprise me because he's chopping and changing at every single game Andrew so it's kind of where yeah. I'm at with it yeah 
I think in terms of some of the changes, I think some of them, uh, Michael Beale explained that Borna and Fuentes were going to drop out because of international duty. Similarly, the inclusion of either Lawrence or Lammers, um, they're replacing our, our beautiful Todd, who unfortunately is out injured uh, for a bit, which is, you know, unfortunate. Uh, and as you said, Kenny, bringing in Danilo for death is pretty much a no-brainer. Um, it's too early in the season, I think, to make any definitive kind of claims about any of the players who have come in uh, that they're already written off. But for whatever reason so far, it's just not click for Dessus. So an opportunity for him just to stay out of the limelight a bit is probably a good thing because it lets him find his feet with less pressure on him if such a thing exists when you're playing for Rangers. Um, so I think we started off, unfortunately, not exactly with a bang. It's in Johnson. We discussed it previously, but they are a team who are sitting bottom of the league and it looks very well justified. At no point did I ever think they really threatened us, but similarly, you know, they were not exactly pulling up trees defensively either. However, this is Rangers and especially Rangers in this moment, Dave, we found a way to kind of struggle our way into the game as opposed to dominate. Yeah, it's we're, we're talking and we're told to expect this reaction and that the team are going to come out flying and that there's going to be a bit of life in it and we're all just getting it and it's just a sticky start and then it's just another lifeless performance, another lifeless start. No spark, no real intensity. The whole thing, again, it's just one of these wins you with more questions than answers and that, to me, is usually the death nearly a manager. There was games we came away under Van Bronckhurst thoroughly depressed at what we'd just seen. I think particularly some wins against Dundee United at home where we, we scored a penalty I think Dundee United did half a team out with Covid and we needed a tough penalty to win and you come away thinking Jesus Christ this is bad even though you've won and really normally I said this on Twitter normally I think I said to you guys Rangers winning normally makes a weekend for me we spring in a step you can get over it but you come away from wins like that thinking Jesus man that is grim and really where are we going long term. To go back to the Yilmaz thing, I don't know if any, I didn't really, I did pick it up at the time, we seemed to funnel everything down the right and it was leaving Yilmaz isolated, it was almost like we didn't want to pass to him, did any of you pick up on that? Aye, uh, exactly what I was going to say <laughs> actually when we were talking about Yilmaz, um, it was quite obvious, Conor Golson a few times, maybe three or four times, had a clear you know, 30 yard cross ball easy pass uh, with Yilmaz in acres of space Took a look. No, nope, not giving you it. Uh, which is a little bit of a worry. I've got to be honest. And, and everything was getting funnelled. And what that meant was we, we couldn't get Lawrence in the game in the first half either because everything was going Goldson to Tav, trying to get it down the right. Lammers was in front of Tav. I know the goal came from that area, but we never really created too much. But then we've got nothing going on to their side. Is it the players don't trust them, don't want to pass to him? Is it a tactic thing that he stretches the game one side and have supposed to have space in the other, I don't know, but just the whole first half was just unbalanced for that reason. I, th I think well, it's an interesting one because they obviously targeted Ridvan. Um, you know, he, he's relatively inexperienced when it comes to football because he's not had as much experience as Borna, obviously. Davis is obviously just coming into the game as well. I, I don't know, but I think this might have been his first start, uh, at least in the league. So, you know, it, it, it's an area that was obviously penciled in as Bison Johnson as a weakness, and they focused a lot of their attacks down that side. So, I, like, like you said, though, I don't know if it was by design or not, 
But I, I think for for what it's worth, at least Ridvan, despite you know being about as tall as a Jack Daniels bottle, is still didn't really get exposed in the air so much. I didn't really ever feel like he were, he was exposed in that, in that kind of sense. There are a couple of times when a runner got a, an advanced German, but certainly height wise, at least he wasn't getting exposed that way. So it's interesting. I'm still. We, we've obviously had our issues with Borna Barisic in the past. It's difficult to say at the moment who you'd rather have in that starting eleven, at least from my perspective, because while we didn't really see that kind of crossing thing that we do get from Borna, on the other side, when play did go through Ridvan, he was at least trying to go forward and he was trying to at least attack, you know, much more consistently, I think, than, than Borna does. I don't know what you thought about that, Ken. Um, I personally, I would have Borna in that team before uh, Yilmaz, but that's 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 based on very little. If you if you understand, it's just my preference. I, mm-hmm. I just haven't seen enough uh, of uh, the, the uh, Yilmaz to to kind of properly make a, a serious judgment on him. Every time he comes in, Andrew, he's he's fit for a few games. He's injured again. Uh, yeah, yeah, hasn't done a huge amount when he has played, but you've got to give the guy a, a little bit of a chance and, and say that if he could get a run of games, we could see how he is. Just to go back to what Dave was saying about the the you know the the, the acres of space that that Yelmaz was in, uh, particularly the first half. Did did either of you two notice the amount of times? I think it, I've seen it at least two or three times actually that Raskin was having a right go at Goldson about yeah. getting that ball yeah. moved quicker and getting it moved from side to side instead of just tippy-tapping back and forward to each other. Um, really quite obvious, again, that Raskin, he was actually getting really quite frustrated with him, you could tell. Uh, yeah. These are not good signs, to be honest with you, Andrew. No, I mean, I, I think it's certainly in, in Cantwell's absence, Raskin is someone who we've looked to a lot to kind of set the tempo of the games. Uh, he at least... Um, probably you know rarely in our current team does look to get on the front foot quite quickly does look to get the ball forward at least um and and I, I did pick up on that frustration he got so frustrated in fact that he managed to get himself a yellow card in the first half and uh fell out of the game a little bit uh in the second it, it's it's not what you want to see because you do want to see the cohesiveness of the team you do want to see them all pulling in the same direction but Golton and and Tav uh, in particular, have have got their kind of rhythm of play and and the way that they like to kind of approach a game. And I, I think, unfortunately, given that it's the captain, the vice captain who are setting that pace, if you don't like that, then you've unfortunately just got to deal with it uh, when it comes to Raskin. But it's disappointing because I think if we were trying to pick a style of play, the the approach that Raskin was trying to take there would certainly be one that we would be looking for. Yeah, you're looking for somebody to drive a team on, but as we say, there's these wee signs, there's these wee cracks that you can see the Red Van thing, Raskin and Goldson, and that's after two week international week when they've been in each other's company, should be training well, getting ready for the next game, should be a happy camp, and the cracks are already showing up. What I mean by that is they've not come after on a six games, three draws or whatever, where there's pressure. They've had two weeks yeah. of a break to kind of get it together, and then in the first game, instead of things being worked on and the signs of positivity coming out of the, the break, we see these chinks in the armour and then the whole performance, Ken alluded to it as well, saying a tippy-tappy. The game was basically played at walking pace. I thought we played it, like, it was like watching walking football. 
everything was back to back side slow nobody got above a sprint or really broke their neck to get in behind somebody or make a run or really push on until the second goal but it was all very sedate and pedestrian just no desire or heart and for me that's another massive red flag that the belief in the manager there or the manager's ability to motivate just isn't there it's a big concern because St Johnson, uh, bottom of the league, haven't picked up a game in the league so far along with Aberdeen. And they are, I think, based on what we saw today, deservedly at that bottom of the league as well. You know, the, the more that I see of St Johnson, and to be honest, this is the first time I've actually watched a, a full 90 minutes with them in, because why on earth would you otherwise? Um, it makes their draw that they got against Celtic even more astounding because I have no idea how that team managed to shut out what we're told at least is one of the best attacks in the league so it's astonishing but they are I think deservedly at the bottom of the league so I think that was what was frustrating from our part that even when we did break them open you know our our attacks did not look like they were particularly incisive or effective and we just failed to take advantage of that um as Dave said earlier or alluded to earlier our our first real attack of quality comes down that right hand side Tav again uh, whips in a really good-looking ball, and uh, Danilo jumps up, cracking header in more, more ways than one, unfortunately, um, and puts the ball in the back of the net. And the really unfortunate thing is Danilo then stays down and eventually ends up getting stretched off with uh, what we think is either a, uh, a fractured cheekbone or like a compound fracture of the eye socket. So that unfortunately means that the striker who we've been most excited about, wanted to start many more games, is now going to be out for an extended period of time. Likely a good chunk of that Europa League run. So, Kenny, I guess your thoughts on both then. You know, the goal, what it meant, but also, unfortunately, the loss of Danilo there. Yeah, it's a nice goal, actually. Um, it's a nice move. Lammers does uh, really pretty well. Um, Tav does what Tav does. Um Whips in the cross, great cross, right to his head. Uh, the, the boy's a little bit late with his challenge, to be fair. <clears throat> There's no doubt in that. He is late. But um, I was talking to uh, one of the boys in fan media, uh, and he had actually said that he thinks it's quite nasty. But look, I, I think the boy's got to make that challenge. I, I don't think he, he can't you know, do anything but get you know try to get in the way. It's unfortunate. It's just a clash of heads. Um, I'm disappointed for the for Danilo, you know, more than anything else. But he's going to be a huge loss because I I don't know what you guys thought, but I actually thought that first 15 minutes that having two quite intelligent strikers next quite close to each other and Roof and him, and nothing was particularly coming off. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they looked excellent or anything like that, but you could see them working together. Uh, and I quite like the look of that. So we're going to be minus that for a while. So that's it's a shame. Um, but look, these things happen. And we'll talk about the curse, Dave. Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm just convinced. We are cursed. If anybody it's, follows... it's becoming more and more plausible by the game, Dave. I mean, if anybody follows me on Twitter, they'll see that I occasionally retweet a story for the night. youth player get some Indian shaman to put a curse on us and it's hard when you pay six million pound it was for a striker nice wee bit of movement scores a fairly straightforward header 
and gets a pretty serious injury, you've got to just start asking questions. That's where I'm at with it. I just, we are so unlucky with injuries. That's us now. It's it looks such like, an innocuous one, isn't it? It's... Aye. Kind of header. You watch any highlight programme, there'll be 10 of the headers in the league in Europe. Yeah. And it's especially in the Scottish League. Aye, a six yard header, she a fairly bread and butter, and we lose a striker now for an unspecified amount of time. He's in the southern um getting treatment, so that suggests to me it's going to be a while. And we've got also looking at the way Todd was talking on his Instagram. It looks as if that could be a wee while. And Kieran Dowell's got the Rangers curse, which is the unspecified long-term injury disappearance just kind of fades away we don't actually know and we don't know when we'll see him again Dave that's one of those 7 to 10 ones right (laughs) where it's like 7 to 10 weeks or months as opposed to days years well he's been left (laughs) left out the Euro squad so I think that tells us our story our strongest team isn't the Euro squad well the manager said he was back jogging uh, last so he's nowhere near Getting back in, you'll be a couple of weeks before you even see him into the, you know, yep. starting to play football. So, yeah. In terms of big moments from that half of football, the the way that I do this, and I mean, you know, different hosts on this pod can can approach it in different ways, but certainly uh, as the Borna Barisic of our podcast is not around to uh, to do this. Uh, the way that I pull up to, together yeah, the highlights of the game, if it's not been particularly momentous, something like this game, for instance, I'll go through the Rangers' Twitter feed instead to you know pick out the key moments, the key incidents, and uh, and sort of take us through the game on that basis. There are two tweets after the Danilo goal and subsequent discussion about his injury. The first one is on the 34th minute, yellow, Raskin booked for a challenge. And then the next one after that is 45 minutes, Roof sends a header over the bar for a Ridvan delivery. And then that's it. That's the rest of your half. So if that's not an indication of how free-flowing and exciting the football was in the uh, half an hour, in fact, more than that, 35 minutes after Danilo's goal, I don't know what it is, Kenny. No, it was... It, listen, listen I, I'm going to be try and be fair uh, to Rangers. I thought the, the passing was better than it had been. Dave's right. It was incredibly slow. Um, and... To be honest, how would you, uh, St Johnston are rank rotten. I think that's the best way to describe it. So they were they were standing off, allowing us to have the ball. Uh, our passing was all right. We kept the ball all right, but nothing happened. That it's Dave has already alluded to this earlier on, but he's absolutely right. Nothing happened. Uh, it was very very little um, to entertain you or excite you. Um, it's it's a strange one. It's probably the perfect uh, opponent in the situation that we find ourselves in just now because um, th- th- their tactics were kind of strange, to say the least, because I expected them to get torn in about us, I must admit. <laughs> and they didn't. They just stood off as and allowed to pass the ball, didn't they? See, I, sometimes that happens. I mean, I thought going up there, they'll smell blood today. They need to turn around. Their back's up to the Some of the financial stuff coming out, you think, fuck, they're going to be up for this. And then it does happen, for think. Teams just do that. They just, for some reason, decide they're going to stand off. That that Rangers team's there to be got at. I think they're a, a less confident team than us. I think that's what's probably worked in our favour with that. But, um, no, they, they I, I'd worry, for, you know, for St Johnston. Um they they look 
big favourites to go down for me. I haven't seen Dundee at all yet, I've got to be honest, but uh, they look big favourites to go down. I don't know what MDL thinks about that, but I, that, I just thought they were as bad as I've ever seen St Johnson since they come back up way back in the, what that have been the 80s, late 80s or something like that, they come back up. Never seen them as poor as that as I did on Saturday. I mean, the season's got a while to go, but yeah, they they do not look like they're um, doing anything amazing uh, so far, at least. Dave, I I mean, both teams were poor. I'd, St. Johnson didn't offer much. I tend to kind of go, what kind of threat they're carrying against us, and they just did nothing. But again, neither did we. There wasn't a, a great deal of intensity, pace, confidence. A three or four now changes the complexion of things there a wee bit. If you get a couple of goals, spread them around the team a wee bit. But again, we've relied on a tavernier assist to bail us out. I don't, I don't really like to dwell on that, but the fact that Tav Nuss in these season games has been one of your major goal contributors in terms of goals and assists is probably miles clear. And we've just went and spent all that money we've spent on Dessers, Lammers, and it's still the captain and right back. As much as it's a good thing because we've got a player there who's capable of doing it and I love Tav, and everybody does, but we're not going to that now. We can't keep relying on one pull us through. Absolutely. I mean, it's what we talked about at the end of last season, that, you know, we didn't have to look too far to see what the problem was. Our, our attacking was just nowhere good enough because our right back was our top goal scorer and probably top assist as well. In fact, my apologies, joint top goal scorer. We got rid of our other top goal scorer um, over the summer. So, um, yeah, we we could see where the where the issues were, and on the face of it, you know, we spent big in the attacking area. So the theory should go that we are we're placing those those goals from somewhere. But as you say, Dave, and as you said in our group chat as well, we're still very much Tavernier FC. He uh, and I mean, by no means is that the worst thing in the world, but it is concerning that we haven't seemed to add any kind of attacking clinical finishing to that to that front line it's a real worry because ultimately that's what we needed we needed to spread the goals around this team if they're all coming from our right back then that's really not good no we've got so much risk piled up in there with him if he gets injured which thankfully he's getting an injury there his legs will inevitably start to go he's a very physical player he's played a lot of football he can maybe he's got two or three years left in him maybe we'll go to his 38 i don't know but you get to that age, you've, it does a lot of a lot of pounding up and down the touchline. If Tav was to spell, have a spell on the sidelines, when we're so reliant, I'd like to know the percentage because it, one of the major red flags in pre-season for me was the fact that we mainly scored penalties and he takes them and he weighed in with assists, even the kind of shabby goals fashion scored against Hamburg. Tav was involved in. So basically we've got 75% of the goal contributions in one sense or another piled up in one guy. Whoever that is, whether that's your captain, your right back, your striker, doesn't matter. If you are sore on one guy, you have a lot of chips on that particular square. And if it goes against you and he gets a wee knock, we are in absolute major trouble because can Sterling or Divine step up? I very much doubt no. they can get close to his level. This is this is part of my problem with this, Dave. The, the, I, I stuck a tweet up ago. Um, I can't remember when it was. I think it might have been after the the PSV game. I, I can't really remember. But I actually kind of said something about Connor Goldson and James Tavernier having too much 
uh, influence on this Rangers team at this minute in time. Um, and I, I, I'll stand by that. I've been saying this for a long, long time. Um, and that's not to the detriment of them, the, those two players. I, I just think that there is a serious lack of responsibility or a serious lack of responsibility being handed to others by the manager. And it just keeps coming back to the same uh, pattern of play that we've seen over and over and over again over a period of years that um, it's got to change, Dave, hasn't it? I mean, it's we've got to get this uh, rectified, I think is the word I would use. We have to make sure that those goals are getting spread about the pitch. And at this minute in time, I totally agree. It doesn't look as if it's going to happen. No, I, I'm starting to come into the Tav being part of the problem argument. I was never really on board with that, but it's the the team and the club will take its shape from and its standards for the captain and the vice captain really. And you look at those two and to compare previous eras. At one point, you would have had Barry Ferguson, Lorenzo Amoruso in that similar sort of role. Going further back, you'd maybe have Goff, McCoy. Brown, Ian Ferguson, uh, probably six or seven captains in that nine-in-a-row team of reference there. And aye, it's great that Tav's getting goals, assists. It's the question of the they to do to set the standards for the team's mentality is a different question for than for now, but I think it's open to a greater extent. Yeah. But it's so much risk piled it's up. The, it's, as you said, Dave, it's the reliance on that one. Um, yeah. And if anything happens there... You know, knock on words, not that we've got our troubles to seek when it comes to injuries, but it is a concern, right? Because uh, you're, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. I, I genuinely can't think of a familiar way that has relied on one to the same extent as we do with Tav. And it, it ain't good. You just, it's bad squad building, bad management. I, I hope Tav scores 30 goals this season and gets 30 assists. I just hope somebody else gets 40 and 40 assists or a collection of people weigh in. It's not that oh, I want Tav to be less. He's doing his bit to his credit. It's others yeah. around him who are just not exactly. stepping up. And the only time that you've seen that responsibility being shared was towards the end of last season when Cantwell and Raskin were playing so well. Um and Cantwell almost in, in a free role and and Raskin driving forward. And for whatever reason, our manager has kind of chopped and changed with that a little bit this season. Um, he's got he's got to allow Raskin to come slightly forward. He's got to yep. give to Cantwell that, that that literal number 10 free role. Away you go and do what you do. Uh, and, and, and allow him to have that influence. Um, and that wasn't to the detriment of Tavernier's game either. Do you know what I mean? The, the allowing yep. others to have that responsibility, um, and, and that that uh, listen, I, I don't want to come on here and, and start throwing axes at Michael Beale, but sort it out. It's his responsibility to see that. If you can see it, and I can see it, and everybody else can see it, Dave, the manager must see it. It's got to be changed. We we need a, a style of play and a pattern of, or patterns of play that spread those goals about. Um, and it's a worry, I've got to say. See, that's especially, it's especially a worry because it's not a new problem. It's not a problem from this season. It's a problem that we can point back to like the previous two seasons and say that this was an issue. Um, it was definitely a problem last season, but arguably it was a problem before that as well. You know, two seasons ago, we still had Alfredo Morelos, you know, doing what he used to do, which was 
contribute massively on the goals um, and provide that attack. But especially last season, one of the biggest issues that we had, everything was on that right-hand side. I do want to move on from this, but I'll let you, I'll come to you first um, to get your final word in. Um, uh, And I think you summed up what I was going to say there. It can't continue. We've just got to spread it around the team. And if the managers can't see that, then uh, it's... As Kenny said there, Raskin been sort of put in as a six defensive midfielder and we put Cantwell seems to have been punished a wee bit and been made to play in quite rigid positions and it's totally, totally negated his influence in the game. And again, managers got to be able to see that. If it's at the point where every fan is uni- pointing out these flaws and the manager can't see it, that's usually a sign that they're might be on the wall. Can I jump to a point there for Tafty Beal? But <laughs> again, it's just another fly in the ointment. It's just a kind of major. Yeah, it's a fly, yeah. it is a red flag. And it, I, I totally agree with you, Dave. It, 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 this needs sorted because it's really obvious, you know. Um, and Well, as we said, Kenny, it's not a new problem. So I'm, 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 I'm sure we will have the opportunity to discuss it further in the future. Um, let's get through this second half. We've got a lot to cover in this St. Johnson game. There's, there's so many bits that we have to get through here. So um, going into the second half, then the only point that I hadn't mentioned in the first half was obviously Abdullah Seema came on to replace the injured Danilo. I think he did okay. Uh, he had one or two opportunities, but no one that attack was performing particularly well. Even Roof, who I think we've all collectively got a, a soft spot for his abilities as a striker. The first real moment of quality, though, comes in the 63rd minute. Roof's through on goal. Um, it's a quality finish, uh, but then goes to VAR. The ref goes over to look at the monitor, and we all know what that means when that happens. The goal's ruled off for offside. I watched this on Sky um, at the game. From the lines that were drawn on the screen there, couldn't see a single thing wrong with this one. Um, looked on side to me. Dave, your view? So what what you might not know about VAR is that there's actually a button on and it just says press here for an easy life. And what you do is you press that and it just disallows. <laughs> it disallows what they've just done and you can uh-huh. just go back about your business your Wendy's don't get panned, your name's not mm-hmm. on the media, you don't get a blind. It's quite a handy feature, I don't think many other leagues have it, but definitely, but in case of oh, well. easy, easy life break here. This is this just, Scottish football, right? This is, aye. you know, we're innovators up in this league. We, we do think, things that no other league does. What we're seeing is the result of a quite concerted campaign in the media regards VAR and marginal decisions, the kind of decisions it was supposed to not get involved in. It's now getting involved in, and there's a two games may not be a trend, right? But there's a kind of trend emerging contentious decisions going one particular direction. And again, that's another one. The, the whole thing about all oh, benefit to the attacker, I don't think that's ever been a thing. I think that's just something that people just have got into their heads. But it looked level, the angles were pish. And it keeps yeah, the game tight. That's its that's its own issue right there, Dave. I mean, you know, it's not the worst angle, but it's not far off of it either, in terms of our view from the uh, from the touchline there. Um, not to dwell on it too much because we're told these things even themselves out over the course of the season. And anyway, there's a big Masonic conspiracy in the favour of Rangers, so I am sure we will get our due as the league. Um, 
We'll go on to the 73rd minute. We had the one other sub that we had in this game, which maybe tells its own story. Sam Lammers coming off. I don't think it ever particularly clicked for him in the in the game, although, as you said, he was involved in our first goal. Uh, Rabi Matondo comes on. Now, we talked in the past about how we shouldn't be falling for it. This is all an elaborate deception. To what end, I'm not entirely sure, but he's looked like a different player this season. And three minutes later, he um, he gets our second goal. Kenny, I'll come to you first, mate. But Yeah, it's a lovely goal. Uh, and... Dave was right in the group chat. Eddie's been robbed of a moment of glory here, hasn't he? Um, it's Look, I, I I don't know what to say about Rabin Matondo. I, I, I had given up on that kid. Um, and it was no harm to him. I just thought he looked out of his depth. But what I, Dave, I know, will probably have noticed this as well. The size of the boy up top is, is incredible. He has bulked up like you wouldn't believe, hasn't he? he He's massive. He's very, very, from being a wee slight kid, you know, six months ago, he looks proper well-built. Um, and listen, he's got that dynamic uh, bust of pace that there's, no, there's very, very few players in Scotland are going to keep up with once he's, he's away. And it's a lovely, lovely finish. A beautiful ball from Lawrence, um, you know, right to his toe. He does, again, it's, I, I don't know, I just uh, it. It was one of those kind of things that was highly noticeable that when Lawrence went into the middle of the park, we put Matondo out to the left and Seema out to the right. We looked as if we could play football again. And yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Play with a bit of width and all of a sudden we look like a football team. Is it more by luck than judgment we've managed to land onto a formation that was uh, that was working for us or what? Um, but Dave, I'll, I'll come to you and let you wax lyrical about the little world. Uh, hi, there's a couple of things I mean. He is standing out, and you said there, if we is it luck or judgment? It seems to be a bit of luck that we've arrived at Matondo as the saviour because we basically purged the wingers. Scott Wright seems to be out of the picture completely. We've not replaced any width, and the guy that kind of clung on because we kind of can get rid of him because of the financials is Matondo. And he's played his way into the team and into our affections or into our good graces with his pace and directness. And he's adding a wee bit of ability to it in front of goal. So I'm always a wee bit wary when a team isn't functioning as a cohesive unit like we are at the moment. And one guy who has been on the fringes starts to stand out. I always think he's kind of nothing to lose. He's in a bit of hiding to nothing here. So he's kind of just going for it. The one that stands out in my mind was Cam Berry, who we loaned in, and he looked like a world beater because the team was dying on its absolute arse at the point around about the, the Hamilton defeat, and we all wanted yeah. Gerard do it. And all of a sudden, Cam Berry comes in and thinks, I've got no fucks left to give here. I'm not probably getting a contract. I'm just going to go for it for six months. And he did, and he looked apart. And I don't even know where he is now, what he's doing. Clearly, he wasn't a top top level footballer. He just looked good by comparison to those around him. And I wonder if we're seeing a wee bit of that with Matondo where he's maybe not at the level we need, but he's at the level that is at our level that looks better by comparison to the sort of slow, one dimensional, uninspired players run about him. I, I said earlier, 
nobody ran past Endy, nobody got a run on their man or made the angle. That goal comes for Bonte Lawrence, turns, very quick pass around the corner. Matondo's on his bike, stretches the defensive guy, can't catch him when we're away. I think it was the first actual sprint he'd seen all day. Yeah. So, fair play to him for that and for stretching the game and for using a bit of pace. That's how you, you open these teams up. You use the space and do things quickly. And he's done that. Is he the answer long term? I don't know. He certainly looks to be an asset this season, at least. And that, what I mean by that is quite loaded, uh, if you get my meaning. Well, aye, I'll leave it there. I think that's wise. In terms of, I mean, what it, what it says, in, in terms of the rest of the game, we have one more tweet from the Rangers Football Club, which is 89 minutes, Seaman sends an effort inches wide, almost a third for the Jers. And that's your lot for the, for the game. So in terms of our attacking play, we ended it with six shots on target, and I think four of them came in the first half. So not fantastic, but as we said before we came on air, which feels like a wanky term, but I'm going to go with it, we... Um, we got the three points. We're up the roads. Kept a clean sheet. And interestingly enough, the centre-back pairing of Golson and Davis remains undefeated in the league as well, which was a terrifying stat that Sky Sports pulled out for us. So um, I almost felt like it was tempting fate when they first mentioned it, but managed not to be the case. And uh, yeah, three points up the roads. We, we, I think, discussed on the preview that even a 6-0 win probably doesn't reduce the pressure. Um, but a win certainly means there's no additional pressure. I think the only thing that we were looking for was a sense of imposition of style of play that, that we can motivate this team. I don't think we've answered any of those questions based on the performance this weekend, but never mind. The next game coming up should be a nice walk in the park, right, Kenny? Uh, listen, the, the next game is going to be... I'm actually... Put it a different way. I was not looking forward to the game on Saturday, Saturday, but I'm quite looking forward to this one. Um, I, listen, they're a good side. Dave knows far more about them than I do, but it'll be a it'll be a proper test for us, and and we will get a, a little bit of a an idea of, of a, yet again where we are. You know, we've played, or well, who have we played so far this season? Servette weren't a particularly good side. PSV were decent. Um, Celtic, I thought, were poor. Uh, mixed results. Betis will probably be on a par with PSV. I would suggest. I don't know because I haven't seen them enough. But you don't you don't qualify for Europe from La Liga without being a right decent outfit. So we're in for a tough t- tough tough time, Andrew. Well, it's Europa League football back at Ibrox, and that has over the past few seasons been very good to us. Um, it's difficult to say whether we're stronger or weaker than we were in the uh, in the last uh, fixtures that we've played in that league. But um, it's a Europe at Ibrox under the lights. You've got to be excited about that, right, Dave? Yeah, well, uh, where we are at the moment, we're just... Right, right Dave? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, the, the, the Europa League nights have been the kind of highlight of support Rangers the last few years. And I suppose as the week moves on, I'll get more up for it. But... I suppose for me this is an acid test. This is a real acid because to my mind he was given the job to quote unquote success we'd had in Europe and I okay we never won it. But you can't argue that that era with Gerard and Beale was by far our best period of consistency in Europe 
and I would say ever. And I, I genuinely, no, Dave, I genuinely think that's a fair comment to make. Um, so, certainly, certainly prior to um, to you know our run that we had with Geo, that that is the most consistent I've ever seen Rangers in Europe, in, in, yep. certainly in my lifetime. Um, because we we didn't go into any of those games looking like we feared our opponents, which was remarkable. Um, because I'm, I was far too used to, you know, one particularly memorable season aside with Walter, not really seeing Rangers do anything magnificent in Europe at all, for the most part. Yep. So we were we'd been accustomed to that, and even we for us like the one under Advocate were treated as sort of dons. So we had three good seasons of group stage football being competitive. We were never outclassed at any point. Leverkusen, maybe. Um, but so Bill was basically to my mind given the job on the back of that, and the style of playing is very clear. We're able to do it better than we are domestically because you can move the ball. There's more space, time. Players will let you play. We could work triangles. If that play doesn't come back, if that style doesn't come back under Bill, then that is possibly for me the the major and final red flag, because we gave him all the credit as the brains of that period, and oh Gerard's the figurehead, but Bill does the tactics and it's Bill's style of play. And some of the football we played, I remember the first time really noticing it was away at Porto, where I thought we are just absolutely at this level now. We belong there. We're outplaying them in their own patch playing triangles on them for fun and I thought brilliant we've arrived if that doesn't come back I would say that probably the whole below the waterline for Bill will lot more. well I think it's already happened the ship is sinking but I think it'll expedite the decision if Europe goes south this season so I on that cheery note that's how I feel about about Thursday it'll just give us the real acid test of Bill's and this is a good side this is a side that's at least in a par way like Sevilla we've played the good thing is we've got a good record against teams from Southern Europe. We tend to do well against uh, Portuguese, Spanish teams. They're a good side. They've got some very good players like Isco, Ayose Perez, who was at Newcastle and Leicester, and William Jose up front. He's a kind of poor spell in England, but he's been good in La Liga. So there's a lot of quality there. There's a lot that can hurt you. And the game I watched them in was Atletico Madrid, and they were solid at the back, although they have shipped a few goals since. But as Kenny says, you don't qualify from that league for Europe if you are a poor side. So we will definitely be up against it. But it's Ibrox Thursday nights. They have been magic the last few years. There's definitely been a magic in the air. So if we can forget what's gone so far this season in the last few while and get our heads back in the game for the Europa League nights, then it's possible. Uh, Kenny? Yeah, just to just to uh, go back to what Dave was saying about on on the ball and the game against Porto, the biggest uh, failing uh, I've seen so far under Michael Beale, um, both domestically and in Europe, uh, even to a certain degree at times with Gio uh, last season, is off the ball. That's where we're really poor in Europe at this minute in time, I think. We're far, far too easy to play against. People, teams can play round us, they can play through us, they can play whatever way they like. Um, whereas at that point where Michael Beale was that first team coach um, and Gerard was the manager, we were, we, we played, uh, we moved as, as one, as a team. You could actually see us moving all over the pitch uh, 
in, in a proper shape and a really difficult shape to play against. And that, at this minute in time, to be honest with you, for me is, has been Michael Beale's biggest failing as, as the Rangers manager. We're far too easy to play against for anybody. Uh, and it's just something that came into my head when Dave was talking about the Porto game. Because that Porto game, if you remember that first 25 minutes or so, they, they were excellent, Porto, and we just coped with it. And by the time the second half came, we played them off their own midden. It was tremendous to watch. Uh, and that just a, 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 sorry to you know interject, it was just one of those things that when David said that, I thought, you know, you're bang on again, David, with that. Uh, you're you're right there. That's exactly that's kind of what I meant. But you've expressed it. But it's kind of, it was the off the ball stuff. It was the shutting gap, shuffling over, being drilled, not being easy to play through. And if you look at the PSV game, all the goals came for people not tracking their runners, not shutting gaps, exposing their teammates. And again, that's part of the acid test for me. If that comes back, if we show that, if we can play to the kind of Porto Villarreal type level on Thursday night. I'll actually probably be quite satisfied that Bale is the man long term. If we yeah. can, I'm, I'm leaving really, a result would be nice. A draw, fine. A win, amazing, excellent, delighted. That performance, but a narrow defeat, I might come away thinking, right, that was disappointing. But there's easier games to come and we've shown we can do it. And if we can show the signs, I, I might be prepared to accept that Bale's the man long term. If we don't, I think it's really going to put a dampener around the whole club, the atmosphere. If it could get any worse, I mean, I've not been on the pod in a while, but I genuinely am, generally speaking, I'm the first guy to be manager out. I've been part of every manager out campaign since Tira de Walter the first time. <laughs> like, I've been a ringleader. <laughs> this isn't my first road to, I want some to do it. But I'm actually a bit more sanguine this time, mainly because I think it is done and it will just happen. But I've never seen in all my years of screaming on follow, follow, Twitter, MySpace, Facebook, and in person, agitating for managers to be ousted, even writing for the fanzines back in the day, I've never seen the fan base united at such an early stage that the manager is not the man. And if Thursday goes badly, a real push for the stands in that regard. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's a must-win game under Michael Beale, and he's had such a good record in those so far um, that that surely this should be just a walk in the park, right? <laughs> aye. <laughs> so, I mean, look, ultimately, we know, uh, barring an absolute collapse, Michael Beale will probably be the range manager at least through December, if not for the rest of the season. So it is what it is. We're, we're going to have to deal with it, like it or not, uh, or believe he's the man or not, as the case may be. What this is, though, is the start of a run of four home games uh, for Rangers, uh, Real Betis, and then we've got Motherwell, Livingston, and then Aberdeen. The Livingston game is of particular importance because that's the quarterfinal of the League Cup. So all four of these games, ultimately, as we said at the start, are probably must-wins, but the first and third game, I think, have particular importance because they represent the opportunity to, as Dave said, show that European progression, but in the case of that Livingston game as well, get a step closer towards a trophy. Uh, Kenny, uh, I guess your final thoughts on Real Betis. Are you excited for the European night? I am. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to it, but I, I'm a little bit like Dave. It's more, um, 
and I hate saying this kind of thing, but it's almost like I'm going to sit in my backside, I'm going to fold my arms, and I'm going to <laughs> sit there and in, in a judgmental attitude and, and wait and see where we're at because, this, as Dave's already said, this is a good team we're going to be playing. And look, to go back to what Dave said, and I, I, I concur 100% with exactly what he said, but I also tend to agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere particularly quickly. But what he might have to do here, and I don't know if Dave or yourself agree, but going back to what I was mentioning before about the off-the-ball stuff and how poor we are off-the-ball, if it doesn't work in Thursday, then you could look at it and say that's one, two, three, perhaps four decent sides we've played this season and came up short, basically. He might well have to look at his backroom staff because... Uh, that actually is concerning me every bit as much as uh, his starting elevens, his tactics, his the shape or lack of um, all all of that. I, I just look at our set piece. We've got a set piece coach, um, and I've never seen his worse at set pieces, both for and against. Um, I've lost count now that this season, the amount of time, times, you know, we get a corner that hits the first man. Uh, and trundles to the first man and stuff like this. We can't uh, stop teams scoring from corners and free kicks. Um, uh, coaching, as I say, off the ball, I think we look terrible. On the ball, we look very, very slow. Uh, it's just one of those things that I'm, I'm looking forward to Thursday because it's a big game. But I'm a little bit like Dave in, in, the, in the fact that I'm being realistic about where we actually are at the minute. And is that perhaps a test too far for us? It might be. I don't know. But um, it's almost like a free hit, to be fair, because I think I think Betis will run away with the group. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Andrew. I think that's probably right, Kenny. I mean, ultimately, real Betis, so we've said this a couple of times before, but these are probably the highest quality opposition that we are going to face this season, barring a, a situation where we get through to the next stage of uh, European football. Um, in terms of qualifying from that group and advancing, then it's likely that that's where they'll be. So, as you say, I, I think it's kind of a free hit in terms of seeing the result, but it, it comes back to what we talked about prior to this in Johnson Gillel, is the performance. We're looking to see though, those signs of growth. We're looking to see the manager imposing a style of play, uh, trying to find a rhythm, trying to find a tempo that works for this team. So he's hoping that we see some of that uh, come Thursday. There's not much more to discuss now. Uh, we have some bits of housekeeping, obviously, to go over. Uh, if you've not listened to any of the podcasts before, uh, this one, well, geez, it's a weird place to start, but okay, it's everyone's first podcast. We are being sponsored by Pi Sports, who are offering a 10% discount to anyone making a purchase uh, on their website for some, quite frankly, astonishingly good pies. You could use the code SAT at three, that's S A T at symbol three to get 10% off any purchase that you make there. We are also running a competition to get a free set of pies um, of your choice from Pie Sports. We need to know your pies the week. So that's not, you know, a particular flavor. That is a person who deserves title pie of the week. Um, it's Scottish football. There's never any shortage of these. So we encourage you to submit these. You can either do that via Twitter, any of our social medias, or by emailing us 
contact at saturday at three.co.uk. So we encourage you to reach out because you'll go into a competition to potentially get yourself some free pies. And who doesn't want that? So we encourage you to do that. You can also follow, like, share and subscribe the pods um, and our accounts. We honestly, we do this because of the support of you guys. Um, we continue to go from strength to strength as well. Uh, myself and Idi, because we're that we're those kind of people, obsess over the numbers and Month on month, we're seeing growth. We are seeing more of you engaging, talking to us, listening and downloading to the pods and subscribing as well. Even on our YouTube channel, which we never promote or talk about, but it, it's something that is just there. And month on month, that's getting more and more views, which is phenomenal, really. Um, so um, thank you all very much for that. Um, I had to step in as host at the last minute because the Borna Barisic of our podcast uh, fell asleep on his sofa. So um, it's always good to, to see the uh, the pod overlords saying committed. But the reason why it's so easy and so not stressful to step in and do this is because of the wonderful contributors and podders that we all know. I'd like to thank both of them. First of all, Kenny, always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. And uh, thanks again for being Mr. Reliable when it comes to podding. Uh, not at all. Enjoyed that, Andrew. It was a good laugh. Good fun. Pleasure, Kenny. And uh, Dave, we see you less often, but it makes it all the more sweeter when we do have you on. So a uh, pleasure to talk to you, mate. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, lads. Enjoyed. Part timer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all give what we can, and uh, especially in the case of those of us who've got kids, and I don't, we appreciate you getting your time when you can. So um, thank you again, both of you. It's uh, it's much appreciated. Um Again, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who contributes by uh, sharing and subscribing. Any feedback that we get, we do it for you guys. Uh, we always appreciate it a lot. So thank you for that. We will be back this weekend or possibly just after it to discuss the Rail Betis game. In fact, no, we'll be back before this weekend because we'll need to react to that Rail Betis game and then talk about our upcoming fixture Sunday at three against Motherwell. Um, auspicious time, less auspicious day, but we are, we are. We look forward to that and uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys and talking to you again soon. So bye for now.